Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Travis Crotty. And I'm Father Shane Demon. Father Shane, I'm, I'm feeling a little self-conscious about how fast I talk. I, I had a recent homily where a parishioner, older parishioner, said, you need to slow down. So hopefully I'm not too fast for the folks out there today. I've never experienced you talking too fast. Well, I think I get a lot, a lot of energy, and especially preaching high school students who have a tendency to not pay attention and to sleep at 3 p.m. on my school masses. Mm-hmm. But I've asked them before. I said, do I speak too fast? They say, no, it helps us pay attention. So... No, I think it's good. Like if you and I have been to plenty of Steubenville conferences with youth and some of those nationally known speakers, they talk incredibly fast. Father Mike and Schmitz, one of, of the fastest talkers of all time. What's that? I said Father Mike Schmitz is one of the fastest talkers of all time. Yeah, but I think it kind of keeps people engaged because yeah. um, you have to kind of dig in and follow the conversation, right? I know most people feel uncomfortable giving criticism to their priests or pastors or preachers or whatever after they preach, but it was kind of funny. A recent Mass, I had two people in a row give me interesting little kind of, not, that you know, very, very soft, very gentle, but little feedback, mm-hmm. but we appreciate that when it's done, mm-hmm. in, you know, and with, with charity. That's good. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's better than, you know, complaining behind our backs or something that we're preaching yeah, too fast. It's always good to grow. It's always good it's, to know how we're coming across it's to people. Good to be, yeah, it's good. Father Shane, what have you been up to these these days, I feel like the travel has been abundant for both of us recently. Yeah, we're, we're in our Behold the Man program here. Kenrick Seminary does a summer program for our incoming Theology One class. We walk guys through a ah, number Father of... Father Shane, I think what you meant is your incoming Configuration One class. Very good. The, the new go. lingo. Yeah, the I'm trying. The incoming I'm trying Configuration really class with the new standards for the PPF6. Uh, that, that might just sound like Greek to most people, but we'll get into that <laughs> another episode. Okay. Literally Greek. Uh, no, the the Behold the Man summer program is going well. The men had a pretty intensive eight-day Ignatian silent retreat last week, and that went really well. Mm. A lot of graces were being surfaced for men and just clarifying their own priestly discernment and their own areas of growth. And so that's been a real blessing. Um, but it hasn't really been into the school year. We're still going throughout this whole month, um, especially as the admissions committee keeps working. But what have you been up to? Well, I have also been kind of busy with stuff we took the uh the annual quest trip uh quest 20 seeking new heights in masculine holiness founded by father shane demon in 2018 uh we did it was great we 2017 20, excuse me pardon me get it uh, no it was it no was, yeah it was 2018 yeah, you're was, right i was there for was the whole yeah 2018 was the was yeah. the pilgrimage to rome and then the sub- subsequent years mm-hmm. um however um, when I became a priest and thought I wasn't going to be going on quest trips anymore, and then all of a sudden I started going on quest trips again as a vocation director, I missed the one time that you always kind of hype up as the best one that you experienced was mm-hmm. kind of the largest group going to the Rockies YMCA camp mm-hmm. uh, in Estes Park. So we went back there, and it was awesome. I've mm-hmm. I spent that year in Denver um, at St. John Vianney Seminary, but I and I've been up to the mountains. I had skied just one time with some guys, went snowshoeing a couple different times, which was wonderful. Um, but I'd never been to Estes Park, and it's mm-hmm. it's special. I mean, you're like going through the mountain roads, and then just that valley with all the snow peaked mountains around you. It's uh, lovely. Yeah, the camp is wonderful too. So we had a yeah, just a wonderful time uh, at the camp. But 
I have obviously been thinking about the natural beauty of the mountains, having mm. just come back from that trip and then come back to, uh, well, the natural beauty of, you know, you see the mountains, but then also how cool it is up there. And then you mm-hmm. come back to the humidity of the Midwest. Mm-hmm. It's not super fun. A fun little story, first of all, Father Shane, on our way there, um, as you know, there's always seems to be complications with charter buses, right? Mm-hmm. There's no offense to any certain, you know, brands of charter bus companies, but there's just Steubenville trips and March for Life trips and gosh, all the different trips I've taken on charter buses, they have a tendency to break down in some capacity. Mm-hmm. It's a real leaving, pilgrimage. It is a real pilgrimage. We're leaving Sioux City and we're heading uh, south to I-80 to shoot across, you know, exciting western Nebraska on our way mm-hmm. to Colorado. And uh, very kind of quickly, and we got a bunch of high school boys on this bus, right? Um, very quickly, it becomes apparent to me and obviously to the boys as they kind of, the groans are coming from the back of the bus that it is quite stuffy on this mm, bus. A little toasty back there. It's getting toasty <laughs> and we knew it was hot outside and it's kind of like an airplane where it's like, you know that when you're sitting on the tarmac, it's just going to be hot and mm-hmm. by the time you get into the air, it cools down, right? So kind of with the bus, it's like, okay, once we get going, it'll probably cool down, probably cool down. We're like 20 minutes into the drive and everybody's kind of just dying, you know, just like, yeah. like, father... It's so hot. <laughs> so I asked her bus driver, hey, you know, is there any way? You don't want to be that guy who's just complaining about the temperature because he can't control how hot it is outside. Mm-hmm. But I said, hey, can you turn it down? Well, we don't want to turn it down anymore to, like, freeze the system. I already got it at 66. I'm like, it is not 66 degrees in this bus. You know, it's, like, mm-hmm. very hot. <laughs> so they ended up pulling in, in, in into Omaha into, like, the – it felt like a, a pit stop in a NASCAR race. These technicians came out in the parking lot and jumped on and started messing. Like, guys got screwdrivers all over the place. They're messing with all this stuff. And eventually one of them looks down at the control panel and realizes that it wasn't on. The air conditioner oh. wasn't on. Okay. So to, <laughs> no offense to our bus driver out there, but the uh, the little light on the auto button, you just push auto and it turns on. The little light on the auto button was – was not lit. Oh. It was a little hard to see. So the technician just pushed the button, waited five minutes, the air conditioner was on, and the eight-hour drive to uh, Colorado was was comfortable. Well, so good. it started off Glad very dramatic, and thank, thank the Lord that didn't happen. Um, but Father Shane, this is what I want to talk about today. Having experienced the beauty of the mountains, which are so arresting in a certain way, mm-hmm. we were sharing a few different times around the bonfire with these guys who went on the trip what, what your experiences were. And my first question was, what did you see and what surprised you? And how did Christ encounter you through our experiences of community, of the beauty of nature, of hiking, of prayer together? What did you see and what surprised you? And one of the young men referenced the beauty, right, of the mountains, the beauty of hiking, of getting to those vistas when you hike up to the top of a, a little cliff for a summit. And some of the guys took pretty, pretty big hikes. You know, they mm-hmm. had some beautiful views. But he said, you, you know, it just reminds me of how beautiful even Northwest Iowa is and how beautiful my hometown is, but I take it for granted. And I was struck by the same thing. The mountains arrest your attention. Like, they demand your attention. Um, and especially yeah. us, like, flatlanders, you can get used to the mountains when you live in Colorado, but it's they're so striking and so shocking. They yeah, demand right your attention. Pretty conspicuous. Right there, boom. Right. And this guy, his, his little... Um, reflection and kind of the judgment he was making for going home was I can't take for granted the beauty that surrounds me. Right. But I think all of the men in different ways talked about how they were encountering God through the beauty of the mountains and they had a desire to continue to encounter God through the beauty of creation. Right. And as we continue to experience with millennials and Gen Z and and folks who are 
more and more outcast from a practice of the faith, right? There is a desire to find God, to experience spirituality, especially in nature, but not so often in, in church. Mm-hmm. What was coming up in me was something I experienced in seminary a number of years ago, and that is this idea that natural consolation, and I want to break down these words in just a moment, but natural consolation, uh, the natural beauty, the goodness that surrounds us in the natural world, and our experience with that, our attentiveness to it, natural consolation can be something of a springboard to spiritual consolation. Mm -hmm. But then transversely, natural desolation can be a springboard to spiritual desolation, right? So I'm using these phrases that St. Ignatius of Loyola, right? And these, well, you just talked about the men beyond an eight-day silent retreat that have been an Ignatius retreat, right? Ignatian retreat is spirituality. Ignatius in his Rules of Discernment constantly talks about paying attention to whether we find ourselves in consolation or desolation. And that word to break it down, I mean, soul means sun, right? So it's sort of like, I'm either in the sunshine, basking in the sunshine, feeling Mm -hmm. the warmth, or I'm not, right? Mm -hmm. But just kind of in layman's terms, easy ways to understand these terms, right? So desolation, the moment that it turns us in on ourselves, drives us down the spiral ever deeper into our own negative feelings, cuts us off from community, makes us want to give up on the things that used to be important to us, takes over our whole consciousness and crowds out our distant vision, covers up all our landmarks or like the signs of our journey with God that we've come to so far, and it drains us of our energy. Moments of desolation. Well, then moments of consolation are the opposite, right? They direct our focus outside and beyond ourselves, lift our hearts so that we can see the joys and sorrows of other people so we can actually have an attentiveness around us, bonds us more closely to our human community, generates new inspiration and ideas, restores balance and refreshes our inner vision, shows us where God is active in our lives and where God is leading us, and actually brings about like new energy in us. Hmm. Desolation, consolation. But those moments that we experience in our life all the time, I love the word ungulation, like the waves. We have Mm -hmm. moments of consolation, moments of desolation. That happens all the time, right? But I think especially in the summertime, we experience the natural consolation of just beautiful weather, right? Not so beautiful when it becomes really muggy and hot, but people want to spend time outside, right? We got to go to the mountains and we got to see a lot of people enjoying the beauty of nature, right? You see the trees blooming, you see the green grass, you see the the crops starting to grow, right? And then we get to that beautiful time in August where we see tasseled corn and everything else like that. So there can be an experience of the beauty of nature and realizing that it didn't come from nowhere, right? It's come from somewhere and the growth of plants around us and the, the mountains, they didn't just pop up out of nowhere. It, it's, it, it arrests us, it stops us, and it makes us think about something transcendent, right? But moments of natural consolation, of just feeling the beauty of the cool breeze in the mountains, of seeing those beautiful vistas, of hiking with a group of guys, those natural consolations don't just have to stay as cool, awesome vibes. They can mm-hmm. actually be something like a springboard, trampoline, if you will, <laughs> to a spiritual consolation. Father Taylor, who we had on here, uh, well, a little while ago now mm-hmm. on the podcast and who we often reference for telling us not to use certain words like absolutely um, mm-hmm. and propose and stuff like that. He once, he, he shared this with me. We were in the springtime walking around the courtyard at Kenrick Seminary. And there's these bushes that the, they're, they're a unique type of bush where the, the leaves kind of like kind of curl up in the winter. They mm-hmm. don't lose their leaves. But then in the spring, they like pop open. 
And he was walking around in between morning prayer and mass. We would often walk around when it was nice outside and just like read a little bit of a spiritual reading book. But he said he just started to hear these super subtle little popping noises. And he, he thought, what is that? Is that like rain falling from somewhere? And he realized it was the bush opening up for the spring, just one little pod of like leaf pod at a time. And he said that immediately, because he was kind of in between a holy hour, morning prayer and mass and reading a spiritual reading book, it immediately became this delightful little natural constellation of like, wow, look at the plants around me. And then it, boom, was this springboard right away to a spiritual constellation of realizing like, wait, what God is doing here in creation is what he wants to do in me. So there is more and more a desire to get out into nature. There's more and more a desire to experience something transcendent in nature But is the experience of the beauty of creation that we find ourselves in, whether it's something intense like the mountains or just the beauty of northwest Iowa, um, of the rolling hills, or (laughs) lack thereof in some parts of our diocese, is that an encounter that leads us closer to God or does it just stay kind of on the surface? Mm -hmm. Curious what your thoughts are on on this fashion. Well, for a couple of thoughts. First of all, it's great that we're, you know, setting this whole conversation in terms of the beauty of nature. Uh, the beauty of creation so often gets overlooked as a way in which we encounter the Creator. Um, but you know, many of the church fathers spoke about the book of nature being kind of a source of God's revelation of Himself, in addition to what we know in sacred scripture and in sacred tradition throughout the church. Um, Paul, Saint Paul himself, says in the beginning of Romans, right, that we can we can deduce and look around to say, what, what can we understand to be the, the intention and the goodness of our Creator just in what, you know, is surrounding us with all of its intense beauty? Uh, so that being said, you know, Christians should never forget about how the Lord is constantly writing uh, the attributes of himself through the beauty that he's given us in, in everything that surrounds our world and, and the whole cosmos for that matter. Um, secondly, yeah, let's just hone in on this whole business of moving into the spiritual realm of consolation from the earthly kind of natural levels, natural levels of of consolation into the supernatural levels of consolation in our relationship with the Lord. I think you said it very well. Um, I think that was a beautiful reflection, particularly in what Father Taylor was saying. How do I notice what's going on around me on this natural level, and but also encounter the Lord in that interiorly, such that I, I see him opening up my interior life. I see him energizing me towards new growth. Um, and, and I don't, what I'm hearing you say is that Father Taylor was not just experiencing that moment out in nature as kind of just a simple analogy. Correct. Right? But there was actually an experience going on supernaturally in which he was connected with the Lord, and he felt that there was a stirring and a prompting of grace in that moment that the Holy Spirit was present in. That's right. Yeah, and I've actually been thinking about this too. It's not an over-spiritualization of my experiences. It's not walking around and ignoring the earthly for the sake of just trying to think of the heavenly all of the time, right? And just kind of living in this analogous way of like, oh, like the wings of the bird make me think of the wings of the angel and the, like this type of stuff because that actually rejects my experience as somewhere Mm -hmm. where I'm actually encountering God, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. this kind of came up recently while we were one of the other gentlemen on that trip. He was kind of doing that. He was, I was asking the men what they saw as we were driving into the mountains, the last kind of leg of our trip on the bus. We had just driven through kind of the, <laughs> the, the plains of rural Nebraska, right? As, as Nebraska is a new little 
tagline said it's not for everyone, right? I don't know if you remember that, but that was, no. their, yeah, yeah. Never, it was kind of a funny thing. A couple of years ago, Nebraska came out with a, a tourism tagline that said, Nebraska, it's not for everyone. So yeah. <laughs> also Father Taylor from Omaha. Yeah, it's not for everyone. But we came to the mountains and it was, it was striking there. But yeah, it's not, this, it's not this ignoring the earthly and just thinking about the heavenly all the time. Father Jasani always talks about being honest in front of all of our circumstances, right? But it's actually saying, okay, wait. How is what's affecting me right now, this natural world, right? How does that actually, I mean, how is God meeting me here? And how can this moment of a natural consolation not just stay at that, right? There's two ways to hike a mountain. You just hike the mountain, you get to the top. And I mean, people who hike these 14ers and, you know, they do shots on the top or whatever. They, they shoot off little poppers and then they just run back down, right? And then they go to the mm-hmm. bars and they've gone with their life and it did, nothing changed, right? But we actually went on a hike in silence um, with these guys at one time, one point, it was a short hike because I led it and I was getting winded very quickly. But we went on a hike with these guys in silence. And it was like, no, 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 I'm going to encounter nature really fully right now. But I'm also open to how God's encountering me through this. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, you're, you're speaking about two different levels going on there. Um, and it's beauty. It's beautiful that someone has the introspection to say, "I'm having a natural experience of consolation. I'm looking at the beauty surrounding me. Maybe I'm looking at the beauty of my family at a at a family gathering or a holiday. There's a natural consolation there. But then to be able to receive a step further and to say, "How am I remaining with Jesus in all of this? How is the Lord speaking to me in that? That is not just a pious uh, analogy or a spiritualization, as you were referring to it, mm-hmm. to say." oh, this is really great, and God wants me to experience great things all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but that's that's kind of a, a rational deduction that you've just kind of spiritualized with kind of a, a religious theme. Right. That's very different than what we're talking about here. To say, no, there's actually a whole other level of experiential wonder and awe that's coming on right now because I'm in communion with the Lord in the midst of this natural consolation of whatever it's going on as. Um. And and I don't know that everyone quite understands that distinction. We probably don't talk about it enough in the church, because the opposite is true, right? Mm-hmm. You could you could be in a state of natural uh, desolation, but also having a lot of spiritual supernatural consolation. Um, and you and I, as as priests, we've met countless people who are who are carrying tremendous crosses with terminal illness. Uh, major problems and dysfunction in families, uh, maybe major financial stresses, whatever. There could be, you, you might look at someone's life and say, wow, oh boy, I wish, you know, I'm glad my life is a lot better than yours because you look like you've got a lot of crosses to carry right now. And then you talk to some people who are in the midst of deep, deep physical, uh, mental suffering, and yet in depths of the soul, there can still be rich supernatural consolation going on because despite the crosses that they're carrying, they know they are one with God. Yeah. And, and the Lord is sustaining them in their interior life. And exactly. And that's not diminished because that happens. But I think for so many of us, kind of the opposite happens where when we put ourselves in places of kind of natural desolation, just like sitting on social media all the time, or like it's beautiful outside and we're just watching more Hulu or Netflix or something, or high school kids playing video games all the time or something, it's like, it, sometimes it's like, yeah, God feels so far away. It's like, okay, well, maybe you just like go on a walk. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, sometimes it's just like do the opposite, you know, um, place yourself in a, in a, in a, you know, a place of 
a posture of receptivity to what God has given us in the beauty of creation. And then all of a sudden there's, there's more of an openness to receive him there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, just like this desolation and consolation, right. That we have these moments of ungulation of desolation and consolation. Right. But Thomas Aquinas himself talks about what to do in moments of sorrow and sadness. And they're very practical, right? It's just like, do something that is nice. <laughs> do mm-hmm. something that feels good, right? It's like, call a friend, go on a walk. Like, you know, so we can't always go to the mountains. But like this guy said, and maybe just to kind of draw this to a conclusion in the next, you know, couple minutes here, um, people are like, it's already 20 minutes. Come on, Father. Um, Keep running on the treadmill, folks. Yeah, Suck yeah, it you out. got this. Yeah, just a little <laughs> natural desolation for you. You can overcome that with the Lord. Um, just like that guy said, where he was like, oh, this greater attentiveness that I had because of these natural consolations that helped me think of God in this moment, I need to actually bring that attentiveness back into my daily life. And even in the mundane where God wants to meet me, right, and even in the places that are difficult, like you're mentioning, Father Shane, um, it's just it, it hones this greater awareness and attentiveness to God's presence that says, oh, yeah, he's definitely like he definitely kind of strikes me through the natural beauty of the mountains, right? And these, these young men together in community, hiking up a mountain together or spending the day together, praying together, setting God as the first thing in the day. Yeah, that was really easy to see God. But then going back into your daily life, it's a little bit more difficult. But these guys are saying, wait a minute, I've got beauty all over the place. There's natural consolations that, that come about in my life all the time. And just like this has been an experience of a springboard toward consolation with God, that can happen in my daily life too, right? So instead of just, you know, kind of getting back into the normal routine and just distracting myself with social media or whatever it might be for... For our listeners, look around at the beauty surrounding you, right? Like when the cool breezes come, when the beautiful evening sunsets come and like, you know, the nice uh, plains of our diocese in Northwest Iowa or wherever you might live, whatever those natural beauties are that are around you, those can be moments of a little springboard toward an encounter with God, right? So maybe that's the invitation this summer as we do find ourselves outside more, right? Maybe setting down the phone, giving ourselves some space for silence to encounter God in in a new way because he's always eager to meet us but especially with the beauty of creation that surrounds us, we can start to see him a little bit more clearly. Well, it's a beautiful thought. Just to be able to, to say, I'm going to be receptive here of the summer beauty that surrounds me and in that state of consolation, I want to encounter the Lord more deeply. Thanks for your thoughts, Father. It's good to catch up. And uh, let's keep all of our listeners in prayer and for one another. Thanks for your prayers, everyone. Likewise, Father Shane. Thank you. God bless, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.